Welcome to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast with Lawrence Munaig, where we explore the ketogenic lifestyle and how it can improve your physical and mental health. Each week, we bring you valuable insights and advice from experts to help you on your journey to a healthier lifestyle. This episode is brought to you by BasicKetogenicLifestyle.com, where Lawrence coaches individuals with depression to reverse their symptoms and achieve a healthier, happier life using an evidence-based approach. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive deep into the world of ketones and coffee. Subscribe to the Ketones and Coffee podcast today and never miss an episode. Hey guys, this is Lawrence. Welcome back to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast and thank you so much for tuning in. I know everyone here that's listening are here because you want to create a sustainable, healthy lifestyle through the ketogenic diet. And every single week I try to bring in guests that not only has the knowledge, but these individuals have also been through the same trials that we all have been through when it comes down to our search for a better health. We get together and hope to assist you on your own journey. I'm so excited for this, guys. We are doing something different on this podcast today. Today, we get to learn from two exceptional individuals, share their story, and more importantly, learn about them and their experience with optimizing their health. If you're ready, our guests today are both licensed marriage and family therapists and life coaches. They specialize on helping people find motivation and improve their lives. They are also coach practitioners trained in the low-carbohydrate and keto lifestyle. Their clinic, The Mighty Mind, focuses on helping others create a life that carries much more excitement, success, and enjoyment. I'm so excited for this. I am here with Gay Patricia Madison and Dean Della Giudice. Welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Lorenz. Good to be here. They're also husband and wife combo, guys, entrepreneurs and practitioners. This is so exciting, guys. It's so wonderful to have you guys on here to discuss all about, you know, your work, your work about, you know, obviously we're here because of, you know, the low-carb low movement and how did that help you achieve an optimal health for yourself and now helping others as well. So welcome, guys. Thank you. Good to be here, Lorenz. Thank you very much. You're welcome, guys. So, I'm so excited for this. I love the topic of happiness. And I've been on a journey that I talk about on the show a lot of times. And the theme is so fitting. We talked before we went live that, you know, I am reading this book called Thank and Grow Rich. Not think, thank. Like gratefulness, yeah. which really talks about having a rich life inside of us through gratitude. And that really resonated with me because of, you know, how I got here. And but enough of that. On this show today, we will get to into Gay and Dean's story on how they got into their profession today and how a low carb, high fat diet like keto can help you achieve your optimal health. Dean, let me start with you. Give us a little okay. background on what got you into your practice today and the low-carb movement. Well, what got me into my psychotherapy practice, which then segued into the low-carb? Well, I was in sales and marketing for the first half of my life. I returned to college in my 30s and became a licensed marriage and family therapist because the Sales and marketing just didn't have any meaning for me anymore. 
When I was a kid, it was fun because I made money and I thought that was what it was all about, but it became a hollow experience. And I wanted to do something where I felt I was helping people and making a difference in, in the lives of others. So that is why I went back to school, got my license. That's where I met this beautiful woman. It was a double bonus. Met her in graduate school. And we did our internships together and opened our practice together. 23 years 23 ago. 23 years ago. Yep. So one day after we'd been practicing for years, a client of mine came in and he had a window washing business. A 79-year-old client. Yeah. And he comes in and he's just all full of energy. And he starts telling me about this ketogenic diet. And I, I looked at him and I said, do I look like I need to be on a diet? I mean, <laughs> my wife and I are thin people. He goes, but you don't understand. It's not just about losing weight. You get all this energy. And I said, well, energy is something I can sure use. So I talked to Gay about it. And then we started researching. Because before we're going to go off on some kind of a fad thing, we thought, we're going to see what's really at the bottom of it. And we found a lot of fascinating data, and uh, we actually ended up joining the Noakes. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's where Lorenz found us. Oh, that's where you found us. Right, right, right. So we studied there, and uh, that's where we got certified as ketogenic practitioners. And remember, Lorenz, Dean is a... Excuse me. You don't know this, but Dean is a fabulous cook. Mm. And I mean fabulous. And he learned from his Italian mother. So pasta was a big part of our lives. You know, we loved pasta and had it at least probably three times a week. So this was a real challenge for us. Moving Also, we were raised with, you know, the American diet, which was at that time absolutely low fat. Mm. No fat. And so the transition was, was interesting. It was challenging. It was hard for me as someone who cooks to figure out how to get enough fat in the diet, especially since I was transitioning from a lean Mediterranean type, you know, what they recommended. Yeah. One of the challenges that a lot of our clients bring up, I think you'll agree, well, I can't have this and I can't have that. So I, I turned that around and I thought, well, what can we have? And we can have lots of it because there's no portion control, really. Focus on what you, you can have, it. right, Dean? Yeah. Right. So that was the direction I set my mind in for my new style of cooking and started making more of what we could have and, and expanding that way instead of fo- focusing on what we can't have, which is, I think, why most people fail on this diet. I agree. Oh, I can't have this. I can't have that. But you can have that, that and that, you know. Mm. Butter, cream. Yeah. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge because mm-hmm. a lot of people would start the diet and question, oh, is this keto? And they're questioning because they're not doing their own research. And right. that for me is a red flag because if you're asking me, you're not doing your own research. You don't desire it enough to do your own research. Right. So Yes. If you are somebody that really want to make a change, and I've seen this through, you know, a lot of people that come on the show and my experience with people that, you know, wanting to make a change, but, you know, struggle to actually make a change. I, there was a quote that I heard yesterday that, it, that, that reads, nothing changes if nothing changes. I'm like, that's great because it's just, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I'm like, it's so simple. The, the change is so yes. simple. But 
what we cannot, you know, follow through on actually doing the work. So that's what I really am fascinated about figuring out with people. That's why I started the show because I want people to come on that had great success with keto to tell me how they actually, you know, transition from knowing what to do to actually taking action. And in your story, somebody came in, a client of yours, talking yes. about, you know, having all of this energy. And you've probably seen him having all of this energy. He's not, he's, he's not just talking. He's living it. No. And we're always interested in energy. I mean, energy is the name of the game, mm. right? So anything that we can do to enhance our energy, I mean, we have a number of things we do to make sure that we have a lot of energy. So do you think, for me, I believe this, we have an energy crisis, and that's what I had. I want to tell you my story, at the short yes, version yes. of my story. Um, mm-hmm. we, I talked earlier about being on finance for five years and being very dissatisfied in what I'm doing. And just looking back, you know, I was miserable and I suffered from chronic anxiety. You know, I was excited in the beginning, you know, and that excitement, you know, slowly dwindled down as I became, you know, (laughs) just uh, another employee in the company. And at one point, I told you guys before we went live that I... I was somebody that's experiencing you know, chronic anxiety, depression, and there was one night that I experienced a severe panic attack that's af- after that followed by intense fear. And it was a hell of a ride, and, but it taught me a lot about myself, and that's really when my self-discovery started because actually I would say I was coerced into doing self-care after that. It pushed me to know what's going on, and it pushed me to really doing the work. But I think the difference with me is I met with several psychotherapists. I've probably had four or five, and on my mm-hmm. on my last one, I think the practitioner she was she was practicing CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, right, and. Right. For me, I never wanted to be on any medication anyway, so I I naturally went this direction. And I learned CBT, I learned meditation, which led to, you know, self-improvement because I was learning, I was learning from my past experience. I was learning about myself and I just loved the experience because without it, I would never learn self-care. I would never be this person which is the anxious version. I, I was depressed. And for me, I, I, the difference for me, I think, is I opened up. There was, there was somebody in my life that I looked up to, and she told me, when I told her my story, she told me, you will get better because you talk about your problems. You, you talk to somebody about your problems. Right. And You're not uh, just shoving them down. Yeah, and, and I think for me, maybe it was ego before, that I, I'm not accepting what I'm feeling. I, that's why I'm shoving them down and not, and not really thinking about, you know, figuring out what's, what's going on with my life. And I think once I opened up and trusted my, my therapist, 
in return, I was gifted this life that I know now. And I really believe it all stemmed from myself just never being satisfied, self-critical, which I thought was good to get what I want, being a go-getter and never settling, right? But instead, it led to dissatisfaction and unhappiness and frankly became a negative person. So I want to talk to you guys about changing your thinking to change your life. I love this slogan on your website because, you know, I, I truly believe this too. I love this. Well, quote. you did it. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. Absolutely. The other thing you did, Lorenz, which is really valuable, I think, is you took the panic mm-hmm. and the, the fear as a messenger. Like it's it wasn't a terrible mm-hmm. thing because it created an opening for you. You know what, Gay? It's your catalyst for change. Dean, there was one thing that, that's missing from my story. My mom, she told me that my grandfather had had so debilitating fear, he never finished college because he was so afraid of heights. He couldn't get up the stairs, and that stopped him from getting what he wanted. And when I heard that story, I'm like, I don't want that to happen to me. Right. I don't want my fear stopping me from getting what I want. And that story, that my grandfather's story, helped me push through fear because... Not no for him not being able to finish college and doing what he loves to do because of that fear. I'm not letting that happen to me. Right. And so Good. that's why I love that. So I, I guys, I want to talk to you guys about this. This change your thinking because I think this is huge for people. I love this quote by Marcus Aurelius, a great Roman emperor. He said, "Very little is needed to make a happy life. It is all within yourself in your way of thinking." Right. I just read that. Yeah. I just read we that like him. yesterday or the day before. We <laughs> love him. Isn't that a great quote? Ah, uh, it it makes everything it makes sense. And you also talk sense. about the fact that we can change our lives by changing our thinking. This is so powerful, guys. And because that means we can actually be happy within ourselves by changing the way we think. Question right. for you guys. How much control do we have with our own happiness? Any one of you guys can answer. Total control. We're the ones responsible for our own happiness and for our own safety. And until we take that responsibility and stop looking to get that from external sources, it's always going to be a tenuous connection. And how we interpret things. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're interpreting your distress as, hey, it pushed me to succeed. It pushed me to find happiness in other ways, things like meditation or keto or, you know, so your interpretation of that was a healthy interpretation that helps you see. And when bad things happen, as they always do, right, where life is ups and downs, how we interpret that is really important. And the book I wrote is how to your guide to self-actualization. So Maslow was the first guy that came and studied healthy people in the last century. And he got a, a tiny percent. They were the top like 7% yeah, of the population, right. maybe even smaller. And one of the things they all had in common, they had many common characteristics, but one of the things they had in common, my favorite is things happen for a reason and they serve me. Mm. So everything in our life, we're going to look for the jewel in it. And I was telling that to a graduate student in in psychology that was my client. 
And I said, what do you think about that? And she said, well, I don't think I believe it. And I said, well, if you did believe it, what do you think would happen? And she said, well, I'd find the jewel in every situation. And I said, well, maybe you should just pretend you believe it. <laughs> just start doing start it. Start believing it just for you, fun. For you, fun. You know why it's true. We know why I believe that so much. And you, would you believe that I, it only made sense to me a couple of weeks ago? And really? the, yes, the reason why for me, the reason how I, you know, connected that for me is because whenever something happens, something greater happens because in, in, in whenever a door closes, another opens. And yes. before I, I could never, you know, it could, I could never understand it. Maybe as an example, when something bad happens, I would always, you know, think, that you know what is me why is isn't things happening yeah, for, for me. me right yeah why did it happen to me it's always questioning why me and blaming myself maybe it's my fault a couple of years ago something happened in our life that i said maybe there's something greater and i only said that as a because I, I i read i read something from a book that talks about Shifting your mindset to that, meaning when the door closes, something opens. And I start, I, I just started doing that every time something happens that's out of my control. I always think that maybe there's something greater. And lo and behold, something greater happened. And that was like, that was the first time that I've noticed that. And Okay, wh- why don't I start practicing that? And yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I had connected all the dots. Before I questioned why it, this is happening, now my mind goes to, oh, maybe there's something better. Yes, there's something. So better. when one door when one door closes, if we focus on the closed door, we won't be looking around to see the the mm-hmm. next one that can open. Mm-hmm. So we can't stay riveted on this bad thing and framing it as bad. We have to look at it as, okay, where's the opportunity here now? And that's where we can find the opening instead of being so narrow-minded and focused with our negative judgment. Gay and I have learned through the years, we've had things that we thought were disasters in the moment and turned out to be the best thing that could have ever happened. Yes. Were you guys always, do you guys always think that way or... Has this come natural to you? Because in the beginning, there's, I didn't believe it. In the beginning, I've known this quote for a long time. When a door closes, something opens. And I didn't believe it like your friend didn't because it can't be true. It can't be any, anything that happens to us isn't meant to be. Like, why, why do we think this way? And why should we think that this happens for a reason now? What, what's the benefit? Right. No, we we didn't always feel that way. We were more like you, Lorenz, where, you know, woe was me and feeling sorry for ourselves with situations, not since we've been together, but in our prior lives before we got together. And what drove me to therapy, it wasn't, I was in finances too, I was a stockbroker, is that it wasn't that life wasn't successful, I mean, sure, it was successful, but I wasn't as happy as I thought. If we're on this earth, we should be able to be happy. 
mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be joyous. And I was lacking something. I knew I was lacking something. And that's what drove me to therapy, mm-hmm. which then drove me to want to be a therapist to help other people. My own personal therapy. What, what's, what's the lack? Why do we think we're lacking? Is it, is it wanting more? Because I, I read a book that says if you don't change your, your perspective, even if you get a million dollars today, you're still going to be unhappy. You're going to be happy for a second. Hey guys, let me tell you about this delivery service that's been a total game changer for my lifestyle. Did you know that it's now possible to get local fresh groceries delivered right at your doorstep? Well, Instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. And if I can avoid buying non-keto-friendly items from supermarkets who psychs you into buying unhealthy foods, plus if it saves me a lot of time and money, sign me up. Instacart is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences, so no more rock-hard avocados, and they will keep your eggs safe too. And Instacart will find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items. And you can get your first order today delivered for free when you purchase over $35 by following the link on the show notes below to let Instacart know that I sent you and to help to support the show. Instacart, never step foot in the grocery store again. Oh, yeah. Remember Geffen from the the Dream Team? He said, those who think money is going to make them happy obviously have never had any. Mm-hmm. And, and so, no, I don't think... It wasn't that I didn't have the things around me that I wanted. It wasn't like I was wanting more objects. Mm-hmm. But there just wasn't enough joy, mm-hmm. I guess. I think part of it is our culture, too. Mm. We're always taught to strive and to want more. Yes. An analogy I give to clients is, oh, you know, someone just bought a Learjet and they're happy mm. because they always wanted their own private plane yeah. until they go to the country club and meet somebody who bought a Golf Stream. Yeah, I was going to ask you no, about I cultural mean, programming and the role it, it does it for dissatisfaction. Exactly. And the comparison. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always somebody smarter, richer, more beautiful, more handsome. There, that's always going to be. You can chase it forever. Mm. Yeah, because we think that once we get that thing that we've always wanted, we we are going to be happy. But if you go down, if you go back to everything that you wanted, you when you got it, it took a second, and then we want something else again. Like it, there's something yeah. else. We got the high, but then it, you know, dissipated. It does. And that that fact of life is what resonated with me because when, once you get the house, once you get the car, and then what now? What's next? There's always, right. there's, that's always the question. What's next? There's always something that you want more after right. that. Sure. It's endless. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, go ahead, Dean. No, I was just going to say sometimes I do a little exercise with Mm -hmm. clients who are in a woe is me mode or wishing they had more than they have. And I say, okay, why don't we do this? And I have them basically within within a minute or two, I could either get you into a good mood or a sad mood. I get you in a good mood by saying, well, what are the things you you have that you're grateful for? 
Right. Mm. And people neglect the, the little things that are really huge. Like sometimes they, they don't, they start to think, well, I'm not sure. Well, you woke up this morning. Mm. You were able to get out of bed. You were able to walk to the kitchen and get a clean glass of water. Is that lack You're of perspective, right Dean? I think yeah. so, because we take that for granted. There are so many places in the world where you, getting clean water is a challenge. Mm. Having a warm shower. Having a warm shower. You know? the, the ability to, to walk and talk and see this beautiful earth. You know, those are all gifts. And if we take them for granted, then we won't get the joy that they were meant to give us. Dean, is there a science behind that that we sometimes when we get, you know, 80% praise, 20% criticism, we always tend to focus on the criticism. Is there a science behind that? It's always the case. It's... it's it's mm -hmm. just about having the mindfulness to balance. Mm. We have to, in my opinion, the science is forgetting about perfection. Forget about having it all. There's things sometimes have to be good enough. Mm. And, and there's your balance. What are the major yeah. causes of unhappiness for you guys that are in our control right now? You mean for us or in life? In general. And Maybe for you guys too, you know, the major causes of, you know, unhappiness for most of us. Because for me, my major cause of unhappiness for me was I never looked at or I never valued anything that's in front of me. I always want something else and wanting something yeah. else. And <laughs> I thought a week ago really explained this to me and... It goes, when, if I am to give you a gift, if I'm maybe the universe or if you believe in, in God, if God gives you a gift and you don't recognize it and you don't appreciate it and you're always wanting more. Imagine if I give you a gift now as a present and you said, I don't want this, I want something else. Like I, I've never, I'll, I I'll never give you another gift. Because <laughs> you're ungrateful, right? If I was That's the universe, right. I would never give you a gift anymore because you're not seeing yeah. what's in front of you. Right. So, Lorenz, we're very strong spiritually and we work on being grateful for a million things. Mm -hmm. I mean, we get out of the shower. Oh, Are we not grateful? Are we not grateful, gay? Are we not grateful enough? That's why we're unhappy. Oh, I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that's absolutely huge. Counting our blessings, that kind of thing. And doing things that bring that into focus. For example, like you said, you started meditating. We meditate on a regular basis. And that, you know, clears out the world for a while and all the stresses of the world so that we can remember why we're around. Mm. That's right. You know, so different things that we do bring those things to our attention and we've evolved over time. Absolutely. We were not always like this. I think that another thing that's important is realizing what your purpose is, having a purpose that you can relate to and you value it. So because we're psychotherapists, we believe that our purpose is to help yep. other people, mm -hmm. to help people have, you know, richer relationships and happier mm -hmm. lives. And we're, we do believe in God. We, we believe we're doing God's work. So it's not a drag come Monday that we have to go to work. 
we're kind of excited that, okay, we get to change some lives today. You know, and at the end of the day, there's a great satisfaction to that. Mm. Now, go ahead. I have a great story of a client about the comparison. So this client, this really shows it so clearly. This is in the book too. He came in, he was very depressed. Why are you depressed? I don't make enough money. How much money do you make? Now, this is 15 years ago, okay? And he says, I make $250,000 a year. So 15, 20 years ago, that was in the top, like, 5%. So I went through that with him. I said, listen, you're in the top 5%. A lot of the world doesn't even have a car. You have three houses. You have five cars. And then I just went in one thing after another. And Lorenz, I could see his energy starting to shift. But the problem was he produced high quality, high high ticket Mm -hmm. items. Mm -hmm. And he found a lot of clients that could purchase these items in Palm Desert because they were old money. Mm -hmm. Nobody can compete with old money. So even though he was in the top 4%, he, he loved his cl- the fact that he had these clients at first because they, they were able to purchase his goods. But after a while, he started comparing himself to these clients that had had money for hundreds of years, right? Families that had passed it down. There was no way he could compete with that. But I, I saw him walk into the, the office depressed and walk out feeling pretty good about himself because he had used a bad comparison. Mm, that is... Well, that was changing his thinking, changing his mind. Mm. How much work does it take for, a, for somebody like that to shift their mindset? How, how much work? Well, he did it in a session. Mm. Usually it takes a lot longer than that. Mm. But I mean, who could argue with those stats? Right. But, but for most of us, I think, you know, it's constant looking inside of our minds and watching if we're comparing. That's the, I think that's the key is, is monitoring our process. Right. When we start to wander into that wanting mode, wait a minute, let's look at what I have and be grateful. You know, it's, Lorenz, it's like a relationship. Too many people are focused on the flaws their partner has and right. not looking at the, the, the beauty and joy and talents that their partner's bringing to the relationship. And we all have flaws. If we look for them, they're going to be there. Yeah. So what you focus on is what you get. What expands. Mm-hmm. Start, yeah. So is shifting your mindset to focusing on, you mentioned a partner or a spouse, to yes. not focusing on what, they're doing wrong but maybe focusing on what they're doing for you and and how they're helping you live your life and that is huge because we tend to if if you do look for something we're gonna find it right you bet yeah right i heard this from a book that says if you look for a red car you're gonna find it outside if you look for a pickup you're gonna find a pickup so it's like the same with you know with food with keto if you focus on what you can have, it becomes easier. But if you're focusing or, on if you focus on what you can't, it, it, it becomes, becomes not sustainable. It becomes hard. You bet. Mm-hmm. 
So I love that. I love so that. There's, an, there's a, an expression I like to give to my clients. And I tell them that the mind is like a wild stallion. Mm -hmm. And it will drag you around like a, a rag doll mm -hmm. if you let it. But if you grab the reins and you're controlling the stallion, now you've got an amazing powerhouse underneath you. Is it as simple as staying out of our heads? Uh, and, and so, no, sometimes we have to be in our heads mm -hmm. and say, Oh, here's a good example. There was one day it was really hot, mm -hmm. it was like 120 degrees. And I was thinking, God, this is so hot, this is really miserable. And then I thought, wait a minute, you used to live in Seattle. It was cloudy and dull and, the, and drizzly and miserable, depressing. And you live in this town now. And it instantly turned me around to being grateful for the weather. Mm -hmm. And okay, I can roll with the heat because I like the sunny days. You know, so I think it's constantly it, not just being out of our minds, spending time with that too, like with meditation, but also being in our minds and us having control of them. Monitoring what we're thinking yeah. is the reason to be in the mind. Because those thoughts will just go down a trail, all by, as Gay was using the horse analogy, all by itself. And you're, you don't even realize it until you're down that trail. So that's where the... I don't think it's a lot of work. What it is, is it's the constant work, mm. Lorenz. Oh, Consistent, consistently yeah. finding the negative thoughts, the woe is me thoughts, the I don't have enough thoughts. And just in the moment, just making a little shift, shift. to, hey, you know what I do? I've got lots of great stuff. You know? You do. I do. <laughs> it's the truth. I, I want to ask you guys, for, for the both of you, and be, for me, it was ego that's stopping me from accepting and finally talking to a therapist because for me there's i, I don't want to be you no know, obviously it's a trust issue for me and i was scared to talk about my problems and as a man you know i you know our society if right. you're a man you, you can't talk about your problems and right. you know in my in my culture as well as filipino we have a toxic culture where they don't really believe in mental health they don't really believe in mental illness and you're expected to just shake it off because yeah. it, it's not real. It's not true. You're just, you know, experiencing something that's normal and don't talk about it. We're, we're taught to right. not talk about it. And right. for me to be able to accept what I'm going through and for me, it was a risk in, in the beginning because I'm risking to be called something you know, out to be called crazy, right? right? I don't want to be called crazy right. and or weak mm -hmm, or weak. And what needs to happen before now it's more talked about, which is great. Mental health is, is something that people know that is a fact of life and we all have it and we all need to take care of it. But there is still, you know, misinformation out there. So for people that may be listening right now, that's scared. And what, what's their first step to be able to accept and trust that they're safe, they're in a safe place? Well, I think it, it's good that they would find a therapist, and it has to be, Lorenz, somebody they connect with. Mm. Because in order for us to be vulnerable, 
we have to feel safe. And so if they find somebody like you did, it sounds like, you find somebody you feel safe with, now you can start to open up. And I think that's a huge part, getting things out instead of stuffing them. Yeah, and I think that it's important for people to understand that the therapist is a neutral person who is not there to judge. Plus, they hear so many things all day long. And they realize all of the human, the human weakness, condition. the human condition. Yes. So really, nobody's going to come in and tell me something that I haven't heard before after doing this for 23 years. And so there's not going to be any judgment. And so lose the self-consciousness. Know that that therapist is simply a tool for you. And just be honest and open because it's about, that's about you getting, taking care of yourself. And if you're worried about how you're appearing to your therapist, it's not going to work. And just by talking, you know, it's not like the therapist solves any problems. The therapist is there to give different perspectives and, and to really listen. But a lot of the growth comes from the things that come out of your own mouth. You hear yourself. You know, yep. you're becoming your own therapist at the same time. So how do we become aware of and start identifying these negative old beliefs that we have? Is it through meditation? How do we start? If I can't, if I'm somebody that's never meditated in my life, how do we, how do I become vigilant in what I'm thinking? Well, I believe meditation helps in lots of areas, but this would just be realizing that you have the negative thoughts and then watching. Sometimes I'll say to a client, because I think we've all suffered from this, you know, we come from parents telling us we should do this or that, and, you know, we have a lot of negative tapes running in our heads. And I think sometimes I'll tell a client, listen, this week, I just want you to watch your thoughts. And then just kind of write that down and tell me, tell me how often you have negative thoughts or critical thoughts about yourself. And it blows their minds. When they pay attention, they can't believe how often there are negative yeah. thoughts flowing. True. And they don't realize that you have a choice. Every moment and in every situation, you have a choice how to respond to it. Instead of just, you know, you talked about old cultural beliefs. Those are reactions. It's like a knee-jerk reflex, right. right? Where you just react in a way that you were taught. Maybe you saw your parents or, you know, the town you lived in. That's the way people responded or reacted, rather. And we don't have to do that. We could realize, you know, we're free from that. We, I, can, I can respond mm -hmm. differently. I don't have to go into a woe is me. I could go into, wow, this is interesting. I wonder what's going to happen next. Right, curiosity. How about for people that are, there are some people that can't be alone with their thoughts. They, they're scared maybe, or they find that it's not helping them to be alone with their thoughts because there are people that fall asleep with a static noise, right? Because right. They, they don't want to hear the thoughts. They rather hear noise to fall asleep. There are some people that are like that. For those people that are scared to you know, be alone with their thoughts. What's, what are the steps to start this healing journey for them? 
You start on that one, honey. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. For them, I would just suggest <laughs> finding a therapist so that they can start getting things out, you know? Yeah. And well, then they could start examining some of their thoughts. A therapist would help them examine some of their thoughts so that their thoughts might not be so frightening mm -hmm. to them. Yeah. The other thing, and this was taught to me by my therapist years ago before I became a therapist, is sitting with the anxiety mm. that those thoughts bring. Instead of trying to flee, to duck, to dodge, to hide, to distract, when you're feeling anxious, my therapist told me, sit with the anxiety, Dean. And I would yeah. wonder, why the heck would I want to do that? <laughs> well, the reason is because whatever you sit with long enough, you desensitize to. So if your thoughts scare you and you force yourself to sit with them instead of distracting yourself, eventually your thoughts won't scare you. Right. That's huge. I like that. I sit, sit mm -hmm. with your anxiety. If you're somebody yeah. that's, you know, obviously if you're scared to, you're just building this, the fear. If you're, if you're dodging right. or exactly. you're just building the, every time, let's say you had a, you had a fear and every time you, you avoid that, the fear becomes stronger. And there's a book that I read. If you guys are experiencing this fear from your thoughts is there's a book by Michael Singer, uh, Untethered Soul. You will. Untethered Soul. That's yes. one of our favorites. Oh, yes. We love that book. Yes. It, he talks about the thorns that when the yeah. thorns are your fears and when you avoid the thorns, they gain strength. You cannot avoid your fears. You, you have right. you have to go through your fears and push through your fears to for me fear is where growth is and is that something that's you know you, you guys talked about that being your favorite book well one of our favorites i'd yes. say I, I i think i remember the line living with your mind is like living with a crazy roommate exactly <laughs> that was like my favorite thing because and that's when you don't have control of your thoughts mm -hmm. right you know, so that's why it's really, really important to do that. To be mindful of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He really nailed it. Yeah. He really nailed it with that line. And also, I, I was, you know, I talked about my story. I, I was somebody that's very self-critical, right? At the same time, I wasn't yes. doing the work, which created this friction because my action doesn't align with my goals. Right. 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 And so... If, if I want this, I have high hopes, but I'm not taking action towards this goal. I'm just going to be somebody that's been always wishing, always wishing. And spinning. Yeah. So what's the right. next course of action for a start to shift? Because what needs to happen mentally? We talked about that a little bit about that. And what do you think we have to understand first to, to start changing? Because I think it was you, Gay, that... Uh, talked about you know being proactive versus being reactive what does that mean and how how do we become more proactive well in our orientation in psychology it's called self-activation mm. and what that means is we are able to have a goal out there and we're able to design a strategy to get there but we have to take some action and a lot of times people will have goals, but they don't put together a strategy or they won't take the action to reach those goals, which is then depression and frustration. And if they're really self-critical, 
One of the things I tell my clients is, okay, you know the analogy of the carrot or the stick. And just for those who don't, this is how you get a donkey to move, to, to, to pull a cart. You've got a choice. You can either hang a carrot in front of them, which is positive motivation. The donkey will move toward the carrot because it wants, it wants to get its teeth on it. Or you can use the stick and swat them on the behind. So when we look at ourselves as the donkey, do you want to use a carrot or a stick? If you're using a stick to motivate yourself, it's like, why don't you give yourself a break? Find the carrot and go for it with with enthusiasm and with something you can look forward to instead of motivating yourself with the stick. Oh, I should have done better. Oh, I should have done it faster. You know, so that's just another shifting of a paradigm. Motivate yourself with carrots, not sticks. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And I I also heard this quote whenever you're whenever you're anxious, tell yourself you're excited. Yeah, and and that's funny you say that, Lorenz, because a lot of people confuse those two. Mm-hmm. I've had people come in and they say, oh, "I'm so scared to start this new job. I'm just so scared." Or I'm so scared because I've started this new relationship and I say, well, could you be excited? (laughs) But because anxiety is talked about so much, everybody kind of lumps it into that bucket. When a lot of times it's just excitement. Could there be a little bit of fear like starting a new job? Sure, but that's not the overriding feeling. You don't have to focus on that part. Right. You could Once again, you could look at the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I use a similar analogy. I tell people, well, why do people buy tickets to get on a roller coaster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're excited, but it's that thrill is also fear. Mm-hmm. You know, oh boy, how high are we going and how fast are we coming right. down? You know, but as long as we can look at the exciting part of it, we'll keep buying those tickets. Mm-hmm. Wow. Also, I want to talk to you guys about keto and how you guys connected that through your practice. And I, I, I think it's absolutely amazing because when I was, you know, struggling with depression, I learned cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, meditation, but not until I stumbled upon keto that it gave me so much energy and relieved my anxiety and depression and that's interesting mm-hmm. that is so interesting yes. I, you know what again dean i was somebody that's never really finished a book before keto and oh. i i would always fall asleep i could never get past chapter one in school, I was somebody that's you know have difficulty learning, and I thought I was just lazy. <laughs> and I, when I look back now on what I eat, and what we eat in our culture is it's you know a lot of grains, a lot of bread, a lot of right. uh, pasta, sh- a lot of sugar in my system that causing my ability to learn or ability to to actually you know become the best version of myself and exactly now 
I am this month I am about to reach my 100th episode for for this podcast and I could never imagine myself. Thank you so much. That yes, is wonderful. Is That's right. really an accomplishment. I could never imagine myself doing anything close to this so uh, before keto and it it's the energy. It's not Yeah. I, I always use the the excuse that I don't have enough time. First of all, if you don't have time for your own health, that's that's an excuse, that automatic excuse. <laughs> yes. Label it an excuse because you, you can never put your health, you know, in the back burner. Um, now right. I understand that now. And you could never put a price on your health because people always say, oh, keto is expensive. Well, are you really putting a price on your health? Or yeah, for me, if, if you think about it, we once ever since we started keto our expense our, our you know going going out you know going to restaurants actually help not going to restaurants anymore actually help us yes. because you know we don't have that expense anymore and so it's that's it's just a give and take we're, I'm, we're cooking at home more which is great yeah and which is a give or take but for you to put a price on your health is for me it's it's an ex- it's just an excuse for you not to try or mm-hmm. you haven't been in pain enough or you haven't struggled enough to try something different <laughs> what, right. what what what's your opinion on that guys well the pain's a good one i you triggered me you can ask gay about i have two bad knees both of them for different mm-hmm. reasons but they they were just i thought i was going to have to get two knee replacements when Dean got up and down. Or out of a car. Or out of a car. His face, I mean, it hurt me. Mm-hmm. He was in terrible pain. And so... He, I'd get stuck halfway sometimes. When he was up, he was fine. When he was sitting down, he was fine. But up and down was terrible. So so we thought he'd have to have two knee surgeries. Mm-hmm. The big surprise is we start keto to get the energy. And... It was about three weeks when my knee pain vanished completely. Completely. And it's been three years now, mm. almost, you say. Yeah. And my knees, I, I don't need new knees. My knees don't hurt me. You know what? What I forgot to ask you guys is, what did your doctor think about switching to keto? Or have you told him at all? We don't really go to the doctor. <laughs> right. We do have, you know, a lot of the... Health practitioners we see are, are colleagues of ours. Mm. And so we pick and choose them. Our first one, Craig, was very open. You know, I mean, in other words, if you're like really Western medicine by the book, right. we're not going to see that practitioner. Mm. You know, we want somebody who's willing to think outside of the box. So we have two doctors who are both very pro-keto. They understand yeah. it. I mean, our one doctor has a, a, a big book. Cholesterol has nothing to do with heart attack, with heart disease, right, right in his office. And, and uh, he does keto himself. He does it in an interesting way. He does it to lose weight, and then he loses weight, and then he goes off it, and he gains weight, and then the next <laughs> year he goes on it again to lose weight. <laughs> so we won't see a practitioner who doesn't like keto. Because we know that they're just stuck in the old medical model, and they are—they have no room for the, all—all of, all of the reams of information that's out there. Just like the Noakes mm-hmm. 
society. You know, a very good example is that keto has been so successful in terms of heart health. Mm -hmm. Unbelievably successful. And yet, I have people coming in that have had a heart attack and their doctor is telling them to be on a low-fat diet. Mm. Right. And then I, I, I've had a couple of people come in with doctors that have said, you know, the keto diet. The guy that wrote the book, The End of Alzheimer's, which is, I'm fascinated with your story, Lorenz, that your depression and anxiety dissipated. Well, your brain is 70% fat and mm. keto's high yeah. fat. And so I went and I saw a lecture with the guy that, that wrote the book, The End of Alzheimer's. And lo and behold, he doesn't call it a keto diet, but he's recommending the keto diet. Mm. So for brain health, and you know the, the increased, incredibly increased rate of Alzheimer's and dementia mm. now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So this is something, if I, if I have a client that, that has that or someone in their family has that, I will tell them about the keto diet if they're interested. I, my, but a lot of times they're going to believe the doctor. Yeah. My um, heart breaks for those people. Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a long time ago, there was a Pritikin diet. I don't know if you remember that, Lawrence. And he was just like, no fat, no oil, no, 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 zero. Try to get it down to nothing. Well, within one year, people on that diet were becoming severely depressed. Yeah. And it turns out that the sheaths on our nerves in our brain need fat or they will start to deteriorate. Mm -hmm. So he was completely wrong. Mm -hmm. the, the diet did get modified, but not to the degree that we do in keto. You know, some people also mistake low carb with ketogenic diet. Because yes. if you're on a low carb diet and you are not in ketosis right you you're that's what happened to me i was in that energy crisis because i was eating you know chicken breast and broccoli a little bit of rice or grain and not enough not low carb enough to be in ketosis but l also low in carbs i i, I have a an energy problem because i'm not yeah. giving myself glucose and i'm not giving myself fat so I'm just right. having this energy crisis, become, became depressed, and lo and behold, I, I, uh, my health really deteriorated. But I'm just really glad for, you know, it's a luxury to have a doctor that really advocates for keto because a lot of people, a lot of people's doctors do not, uh, like my parents, both of my parents have a doctor that, you know, doesn't recommend it. So even though right. they know I, you know, I'm, you know, studying this, this practicing it, and even though I do talk to them about it, they still would, you know, follow their doctor, believe the, believe doctor. the doctor. And so, what, what, right. what's my, what's my, uh, who am I, you know? Yeah, what are your qualifications? What are my qualifications? Exactly. So right. But you know, doctors don't have a lot of time to study. Mm -hmm. And yeah. nutrition is way down on their list. On their list. You know, the other thing that happened to Dean that I would say is he always was not that great of a sleeper. And I noticed that he was sleeping better. And I think that was the fat, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very satiating. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I went through menopause, Lorenz, I never had a perspiration problem in my life. 
But when I went through menopause, for some reason, I started perspiring profusely under my arms and my feet. And I would talk to people about that, you know, like the doctors, nobody knew. And after keto, all of a sudden, that just, I, I don't know how it long it away. even took. I just noticed after a couple of months, I didn't have that any longer. And then I also had a rash. You had a skin rash a, that cleared up? A skin rash. That took about six months. But all of a sudden, I noticed I didn't have that anymore. That's awesome. And then so we, we were sold. Yeah. And then we go in and we have our blood work done. And I showed it to one of my physicians and he said, wow, you're Superman. Yeah. You know, we, we don't take blood pressure medication. We don't take statins to lower our cholesterol. You we know, take nothing we're but, eating a lot but of, hormones. We're eating we a lot of fat. Mm. And it just keeps everything running smoothly. Mm. So the results really, you know, sold us. The, the problem for me is, you know, for people to if, you just try, <laughs> to get them to yeah, try. just try it. And to stick to it long enough to see the results is why I'm so fascinated with talking to people on how they did it or why they did it and why they started it. What gave them the desire to start something different? Because keto is something that's so different. There's a lot of unlearning. There's a lot of education. Because if you don't know how it works, your your mind goes, how is this, uh, is this, how is this person losing 100 pounds in a year? Right. But for me, your mind goes to, you know, can't, that can't be safe, right? You you must be sh- starving yourself. And for me, my answer to that is you have to really learn about keto. You have to really learn how it works, how you fuel your body. And once you do that, you're going to understand how why it's working, right? You can't just right. assume that it's unsafe. Right. right, that's my and that's my dilemma of material out uh, to there. this day because I haven't you know seen a of lot books. of people around me that mm-hmm. and a, a bunch of stuff on YouTube that's fascinating. Yeah, and we've collected all of it and we try to share it with our clients. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that, guys. I love that. Hey, Dean, you do have a book that yes. and you also gay. You do have a book. Can you guys talk a little bit about your book? I think we have a yeah. few minutes here. I'll okay. start with you, Dean. Mine is called Tactical Boundaries, How to Make All of Your Relationships Work for You. It's available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. And so mine is about boundaries. That seems to be one of the biggest problems in relationships where people don't know how to establish and maintain boundaries or they don't respect the boundaries that another person Mm -hmm. has, has said that they expect. So it's, it's, it causes people to get into nagging and arguing, whereas if we just make an agreement, okay, this doesn't work for me, and my wife respects that, whether it makes sense to her or not, right? and vice versa, she has some things that maybe she likes or doesn't like. My job as a person who loves her is to you know, give her what she likes and not do what she doesn't like, and vice versa. Now we have something going. But if we keep going against what our partner wants, you know, like I'll give you one that I have a story. You know, 
one, one person might have family members who stop by without calling. Okay, and then that upsets the wife because it's like we're both working people. We've got kids. When we get a few minutes to sit down, all of a sudden the doorbell rings and it's three of your family members coming over to socialize. And the, the person whose family it is might say, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings or, you know, come on, their family or you can do this. Instead of saying to the family, you know what? You, it, it's really important that you respect it, our, our lives and our home and our lifestyle. So if you could just give us a call. Mm-hmm. See, but people won't do that. And then that becomes a constant tug of war. That's just one little example. It's a good one because people have to know who they are in order to set boundaries too. So you have to do some internal work. Mm. Yeah, it's a great book. Mine, Lorenz, I don't know if you can see it, Mm -hmm. is your guide to self-actualization, how to be happy, successful, and free. And it's going off of the Maslow studying the healthy people and what made them healthy. And in one part of this is, one chapter is trying new things. And in that chapter, I think I talk about our experience with trying keto. And what it did for us. But the whole idea is, you know, if we know what self-actualized people do and they're happy and they're making the amount of money they want to make, they're having the love interest they want to have, and it could be anything. It could be $20,000 a year as a gardener or it could be over a million as a CEO. The point is they're getting what they want. And so I wanted to put something forth about if we, you know, if we want to be a good skier, we're going to get a good coach that's a good skier. We're going to find out what makes them do it. So that's what that's about. That's great. That's awesome, guys. And you guys have shared a lot on this show that we definitely would have to re-listen. There's a lot here that, you know, that are actionable items that you can try right now to be able to you know start shifting your mind into creating this lifestyle that you want and again you have control with what you see and if you just focus on the good things and not focusing on you know the bad things that happens then Mm -hmm. your life will drastically change in my opinion drastically drastically and quickly quickly and you know trust you know building trust and building relationships you know you your book Dean talks about how you know building boundaries with people and sometimes that's not easy to do mm-hmm. but that's it true. is it is a necessary thing to do to be able to make sure that moving forward you're able to move forward right and that's what creates mm-hmm. trust, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, the boundaries, and you can count on them. Those are hard conversations to to have, but they are necessary They're for necessary. Uh, for a healthy relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And it but takes courage. It takes courage to to step up. It does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love what you guys are doing. I will link everything on in the description below. so you guys can check out the books and thank you so much Dean and Gay for coming on I really appreciate you guys and I love your story I love what you guys are doing for your community 
and what you know a better place to you know talk about your story than here in the Keto Sick Coffee Podcast, right. right, guys? Thank All you right. very much for having us on, Lorenz. <laughs> we enjoyed our time with you. Yeah, my pleasure. Guys. For for everyone that's listening right now, where can people find you guys? We're in Palm Desert, California. Yes. TheMightyMind.com is our website. Uh-huh. TheMightyMind.com. And that has all of our contact info. Mm-hmm. And we do remote sessions. So no matter where you are in the right. state or awesome. anywhere, we could do it as a life coaching if you're somewhere else as life coaches. So yeah, they can contact mm-hmm. us and we'd be happy to set up an appointment. Awesome, guys. Thank you guys so much once again for sharing your story here, guys. And we'll talk more. Okay, guys? Thank you okay, so much. thank you, you Lorenz. Pleasure meeting you. Bye. Bye-bye. Pleasure meeting you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to another great episode here on the Ketones and Coffee Podcast. And we've had such a pleasure of hosting yet another amazing guest here, guys. If you're eager to learn more about the secrets of succeeding on the ketogenic lifestyle, be sure to check out the show notes. As a special treat for our loyal listeners, I'm offering an exclusive opportunity for a free consultation call. Discover how you can achieve success on the ketogenic lifestyle by simply referring to the details provided in the show notes take advantage guys of this unique chance to enhance your journey to a healthier you and stay tuned for more captivating episodes and until next time guys keep embracing the power of ketones